Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Liberty Squadron Podcast. My name is Andrew Lewinsky and this week I am joined with Jonathan Lee. Hello everyone. Zach Cady. Hello. I almost said Marshall Stags there, that's why I paused. Uh, <laughs> Chris Apple. Hey. And Brett Freeman. Hi guys. Alright guys, we have a real special episode. We are doing our top deck re- our hyperspace trial recap. So right off the bat, I am going to say, way to go, Liberty Squadron. Out of the top eight before the cut, and actually, we had seven locals in the cut, and one, um, Mark Argenti, he was, I think he's pretty local, I think he's like from like mid-Jersey, but uh, he's just started coming down, he's an awesome player, just started playing out, um, so he was in the cut, and then we had a little bit of a, a snafu where Jonathan couldn't make it, so... Uh, Sam Page snuck into the cut and then took everything. He stole Thanks, our lunch money. He stole all of our lunch money. <laughs> Not, Sam, he is a great player. I watched some of his games. He is tremendous. Yeah. There is He's, no, you know, he, he deserves He should have been in cut. He earned right. every penny of that. Every Super, solid. Super solid. But it's Jonathan's fault. It so, is all my fault. It's all Jonathan's fault. Jonathan loves his kids, and that's okay. Um. So, but yeah. We're, we're going to recap everything, tell like our highlights and everything like that. So like right off the bat, first thing I want to say, hey, Chris, have you made top eight of a hyperspace trial this season? I guess so, yeah. Jonathan, have you? I have made three. Well, oh, look at this guy. Zach? One for one, baby. Brett, have you made one? I have made multiples. All right. Andrew? I have not. <laughs> oh man so why did you start asking that question oh just wrecked right I, I was so close i mean like i play, i came in 11th he's the grittiest i'm the grittiest. the grittiest you brought scum though i did right and, that was and you didn't even bring a boba there was no yeah i think there was maybe like five fangs and i brought four of them through the, the whole trial nice so um all right, so let's kick this off. I want We'll start out with some shout-outs. I'll take the first one. Uh, Isaiah Brody over at Worst Coast Children, the podcast. Uh, they, man, they, the guy is a character. He came out all the way. He's got some family over here, but he played in the hyperspace trial. Played in round one. He's a really good kid. Um, I, I look forward to listening to the podcast. I wanted to shout them out over there. But, yeah, I mean, he, he, I was sweating that entire match. Like, he was... Very, very good. Uh, he he came in with all his regional dice, all of his regional templates and everything like that. And I was like, holy crap, what am I up against? Uh, but yeah, it, it, he was a great dude. I want to shout him out. It was fantastic meeting you, playing against you. And I uh, look forward to seeing what you are doing into the future. Um, who else? Anyone else got some shout outs? I'm sure we've got some from this weekend. Yeah, I'll jump in real quick. Just a shout out to Sam Page for sure, right? Um, congrats on winning a second hyperspace trial, which is crazy. Um, and yeah, he just he did a really really good do- job in the cut. And uh, from what I saw in my game against him and his other games, he he's a genuinely good player. It was a very well deserved win there. I'll jump in with two actually. First off, Jade McGovern. I played her in round four. She had a 0.75 strength of schedule, which is insane. And she flew that list like crazy. Like, well played. Big props to her. That's a tough day. And she still came out of it with four wins. You know, I've played Jade in another regional. And, like, it's 
it's scary going up against that. You always see that resistance bomber across the other side of the table, and you're just like, oh, this is going to be rough. For for the listeners, she was running uh, Venny, the Star Fortress, and uh, Lulo, and I think Elo. Yeah. Um, and uh, had trajectory sim and uh, protons and seismics and pattern analyzer and perceptive co-pilot on Venny. So she was actually she handed me my one loss in Swiss, and uh, really like you know that's a solvable matchup when you when you look at it because you can kind of target the things around Venny and try to clean up. But uh, it, it becomes more difficult the better the, the Star Fortress player uses the bombs. And that's what she was doing. So it worked really well. And not if you're me. I just shoot at Venny till he dies. <laughs> <laughs> sure. And it worked. So it must have Somehow. been correct. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, and then my second shout out on this podcast tonight, Brett, by far the best game of X-Wing I've ever played. The most fun was my round five against Brett. Same with me. It was it was such an enjoyable match. You beat me, and I still felt like a winner afterwards. So, so good. You guys have to explain a little bit. I don't. I didn't get a chance to see it. Uh, so we started off joking that we would go to Final Salvo instead of playing. Like, let's just skip to Final Salvo because he was running three Jedi. I was running three Jedi. Let's just six dice against six dice and see how this goes. In the end, we almost Final Salvoed because it was Plo versus Plo range one. Both of us damaged. So, so set the stage. Though, what was the list? Uh, yeah. So my list. I was running Annie, R two A six, seven B, OB, Plo Koon, both with CLT. Uh, Brett, your list. Yeah. So I was running Mace, Plo, and OB all with seven uh, B, and Mace had heightened perception, and uh, OB had sense. And yeah, in this game, just swung hard back and forth all game. Like, he whooped my ass round one of combat, and then round three of combat, I whooped his ass. And all of a sudden, I didn't have a mace anymore. <laughs> and it just was that kind of swing back and forth all game until Plo v. Plo atrocity action. So it, did it, it didn't end up on final salvo, but it, it would have been close. It was super close. He had his range 1-7B against my range 1 no bullseye CLT. And somehow I managed to roll three natty evades to not die. And he blanked out to die. It's crazy. It was nuts. It was just nuts. Fun fact so from fun. the weekend. I offered every single one of my opponents right off the bat the final salvo and not a single one took it. <laughs> it's not surprising. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... I Go ahead, Jonathan. Oh, I actually did have a final salvo in my round three game. We both killed 102 points. and uh, But I, I had nine dice to his three, so, so I did win that. <laughs> what, what, so um, we should get into what we were flying, right? So do we want to all go around and just kind of mention what we flew and well, what a record was? Before we do, I just want yeah. to give a shout out to Chance for making his first cut um, with First Order. He did a great job. And to Tristan um, for getting dice for the first time. He came in 14th. Like I'm so excited for those guys. Yeah, they they both they both played well and good to see Tristan running the the quad vipers again and just making it work. Jonathan, do you have any shout outs before we move on? Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to my first round opponent, which was uh, Will Brooks. Uh, he was running a tie swarm. He's a local great player. He beat me, so I was able to submarine myself into top eight. <laughs> that's the that's your mo. 
You just lose the, lose the first <laughs> the game, first. and then you're you're in the cut every single and, time. And, and another minor shout out, but Will I think was also the only local player we're aware of that was asked to share dice. So that's I was an asked of some kind. Oh, you were? <laughs> yeah, well, I was asked. Um, yeah, my first round opponent. He asked. I was just. I, I'm not gonna lie. I was rolling very well, and then he was like, "Can we just share dice?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." I should have. I should have whipped out the dice app, but um, yeah, it's fine. I've um, never heard of that. That's kind of funny. So halfway through, he asked to share. Yeah, half, halfway through. He's like, do you mind if we share dice? And I was like, yeah, that's fine. But um, so we shared dice, and I guess it was just the way that I flicked my wrist that is better. Um, until round two, and then, or round three. It's fine. So uh, one last thing. I do want to shout out Lou and Nick and Rob for the TOs of the event. They did a tremendous job. That place was packed with people but they you know kept everything running and kept it smooth for the most part um so they did a fantastic job and definitely want to give them props yeah they made it work and even though it was like unbearably hot halfway through swiss day they, they it kind of they made it they made us comfortable towards the end there right because i think they they got water bottles and the whole thing so we appreciate that yeah all right so let's move on to our list um so we heard zach's list we heard brett's list uh, I'll take, if you don't know what my list was, I was flying the four fangs, three of the zealous recruits at the initiative one, and then Fenral. Little squirrely list. It's fun to fly. Uh, I definitely had fun flying it, so it, it, I can't complain about my day. It was, you know, even though I went four and two on the day, I definitely had fun doing every last second of the list. Um, nice. I just, just a quick question for you, Andrew. Yeah. So, you, like, how many, what did you face, like, in terms of ship count? Can you give us a sense of that? Um, for the most part, it was an average of three ships. Yeah, three. That's to, what it yeah. felt like. That's what it like, felt I like mean, for the tournament in general, right? I had one list that was, or I had two lists that were two ships, two matches that were two ships, one list that was four ships, and the rest were three ship lists. On average, it was about three. Yeah, I imagine that's like a little bit. It's helpful for the fangs, right? Where you, you know, if you have the generic fangs, it's. I don't know. It's for the block, but I mean, like, the two-ship list that I went up against, it was just kind of like, as if they can focus fire, they don't die on that first engagement. So they can literally, uh, I mean, 12 dice running into something. I mean, it's just crazy. Especially if you get range one shots with Fen in there. Like, that's the, it just vaporizes something if they're, you know, caught off guard. Yeah. Cool. All right, let's, uh, yeah, let's move on. Uh, Chris, what did you fly? Uh, I, I've been calling it lately Codebreakers. I don't, it's probably a dumb name, but it, it's basically Tabson with Biohex, uh, Quickdraw, Fanatical FCS, and then Naked Kylo. You, I mean, <laughs> it was funny because when I first saw it, I was just like, oh man, that's probably Scorcher over there, but nope, it was Quickdraw. But, I mean, you've been flying this list for literally ever. Basically. Yeah, I, I, it's, I brought it to three consecutive trials, so it's... It's good, man. And they didn't really increase it that much. This is the exact same thing as my Nyak list. It just is at 200 instead of 197. So, worked this time. Ended nice. up 5-1. Yeah, man. You, you went all the way. You went the distance. You went to that final table. Yeah, it was a good run. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting because Tabson really, like, starts to, starts to make more sense the more games you have. And the way that you set Tavson up for an engagement. Um, I don't think that it's immediately obvious even through one trial. Like, it started to click for me 
towards the end of red caps. Um, and then definitely for this trial, but there's just, it, it's such a flexible platform because of how much HP is just sitting there. Right. Um, it, it, it makes a big difference when you can kind of roll up to an, an engagement that you'd otherwise look at as a partial engagement and have it mostly work out. Um, not that you should like seek that out, but I don't know if you understand what I mean by this, but it's essentially that like Tapson is such a powerful platform on his own that even if he's only taking two shots, the fact that he can just kind of operate as a list in and of himself uh, is really effective. No, yeah, definitely. I, I've flown Tassin a little bit. I mean, like, and he's just a powerhouse on his own. Like, he can do so much, especially, he, like, the action economy behind him that, like, just kind of really helps him out tremendously. Like, that he, he can basically like joust an entire list and still be okay with everything yeah it's certain lists that 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 can work um and then you know the the, the big thing is that like he his value increases so much the the more comfortable you get with you know setting up those lanes for him um i think i primarily used him as a flanker outside of a couple of games this weekend which is you know like reliably getting flanks with with tapson is helpful <laughs> so. yeah definitely that that ooh. just seeing tapson coming on the flank my mm, it's a bit scary yeah so i think you know they increased him by two points but that didn't make him bad and they didn't touch kylo so that's a big part of the reason why this list worked yep all right uh jonathan so we called that you were going to run rebel beef and you came with rebel beef so let's hear it yeah, so I brought, uh, as one of three Rebel players this weekend, I brought uh, Braylon with Crackshot, Jamming Beam, uh, Cassian, uh, Naked, uh, Biggs, Naked, and a Partisan Renegade, which is the I-1 generic U-Wing with Leia at 200 points. Um, the two, I hadn't flown it before uh, extensively, but the two U-Wings with Cassian and Leia have lots of shenanigans that they can pull. So it loses a lot of the efficiency that beef had before but cassian and the other ewing you're able to like sit and stop and rotate and pivot and just stop and stop and stop and it was super it was very handy in a lot of my matches time out did you just admit to fortressing i moved my other ships oh okay and also well i would also say i was stopping in the middle of the engagement when we were shooting yeah so jonathan just Walk me through this a little bit. So the point of splitting Leia off of Cassian and onto the other Ewing, you talked about this last episode, right? Yeah. So like, did that come into play? I think. I mean, I think it made uh, targeting like targeting priority. You want to mess with your opponent's targeting priority, and if Leia is on Cassian, it makes Cassian uh, a very juicy target. But by splitting the two of them, it gives them a harder decision. And then by adding Bigs in there, it you know almost always a lot of times they shoot Bigs first. But then it just, and then it messes up with their targeting priority. So I think that's a good thing. And with the Ewing, so you can you can pop Leia, and they can both stop. And then the next turn, they can stop again and be stressed. And the turn after that, Cassian has to move, but he can strip the stress off the other Ewing, and it can stop and pivot again. And then the turn after that, Leia is recharged again, and then you can stop again. So um, it can just quick thing didn't. 
didn't you know that FFG increased TAC officer? You're not allowed to do that with other U-Wings. <laughs> That's ridiculous. So, so were you using Cassian like for the normal stuff on Braylon though? Like, yeah. did you ever have to choose? So usually I would use Cassian either to pull the stress off of Braylon if he had to like turn around, like K-turn or one Talon. But a, a lot of times I used Cassian on the other U-Wing if I had stopped the other U-Wing and I wanted to stop him again and pivot. So in a lot of my games, I would... Uh, like the partisan would be would end up being parked like right in the middle of the engagement, and I could just like rotate it around by stripping the stress off of Cassian, and it could just stop and stop and stop again. Right. I think I think it's probably in like if people are hearing this list. I, I imagine a big function of it is blocking, like adding two medium bases to a beef list. That's a pretty big deal, right? Like, did you catch a bunch of blocks? Yeah, with the so that's why I went with the I one partisan renegade instead of the um, I two blue squadron pathfinder. Also, the fact that the blue squadron pathfinder is on the opposite side of the Cassian cardboard. So yeah, and I only had one, so so I had to fly the I one. So but the <laughs> I, I know it was good. And my matchup against Will in the um, Will, he's flying a Tie Swarm with he had Wampa and Academy, but I had. I had initiative, so I was able to do some blocking there. And um, so, no, it was super helpful to be able to just three bank the partisan in or four straight and then just like park it right there. And sometimes, like that turn before engagement, I would stop to delay engagement a turn. And then the next turn, I would strip the stress off the partisan and four forward it and put it right in front. And then enemy ships would bump into it. It's pretty brutal, man. Um, if there's one thing that you know how to do is fly. I mean, like a any of our games that we play leading up to these trials, like you just see the cogs working in your head and you know exactly where every ship, your opponent's ship is going to land and everything like that, that like these, these blocks are huge for you. And especially like in this format, like it worked out super well for you. Yeah, I think the because it loses before beef had a lot of offensive like you could, it had a lot of offensive efficiency, you know, usually with like Wedge or with uh, Tenum or with um, sometimes with like Dutch or another Y wing. So it'd have a lot of offensive efficiency. And I definitely, I did not have that this time. So I was very reliant on like blocking with those two medium bases, like just getting them in the way. So one other question for you before we move on. So, so, so Biggs, can you talk about that? Cause I, I think like, I, like I played against Biggs a couple times, but what's unique is needing to keep things in arc, right? Yeah. So Biggs is uh, no, he's super helpful in that if opponents like they would prefer, I think they much prefer to take Cassian or the or Leia off the board. But if you can get Biggs in the right position, you know, keep him close to his friends, he can draw off one hit or one crit, and it's super useful. I really wanted to be able to fit a copy of Selfless somewhere in the list because if you add self, if someone else in the list carries Selfless, it makes Biggs much more potent. But uh, unfortunately, I could not. I could not squeeze it in. I found in my list building, every time I thought of something I wanted to do, it was always like two hundred three, two hundred four points, or two hundred one. So I guess uh, you know, playtesting works if you can't have everything you want. Right. But so, but more specific to the game state, like. It was it essentially just trailing bigs behind the list and leading with the I one Ewing or, or or I'm sorry leading with the the other Ewing. Yeah. So the way I would usually set up, I'd have the Ewings. I would set up the Ewings, um, and they would go forward, and then Bigs would 
I would put him sort of sideways facing them and then he would hard two turn or hard three turn and be behind them and he would trail behind them. Uh, and then, so the idea being hopefully you, you know, that your opponent has to choose between a range two shot on their, or a range, a range two shot, say on one of the U-wings or a range three shot on bigs or like a range one shot on one of the U-wings or a range two shot on bigs. So you want to, you know, try to protect bigs as most as, as best as you can. Uh, by uh, by like trying to keep him back a bit, but still close enough that he can uh, draw off those hits and crits. Yeah, it makes sense. All right, so to round this out, um, you know, first of all, congratulations. Have you gone five and one at three straight trials? Is that a thing that happened? Uh, that is correct, yes. Okay, uh, and then did you drop at each of the cuts or did you play in any of them? I, I did play in the Glen Burnie cut. So Glen Burnie, I, I did win my first game in Glen Burnie. I did not submarine there, but... Uh, but I did make it back to the Glen Burnie cut, uh, and then. Um, but I did drop at Red Caps and uh, at uh, Top Deck. Okay. Well, so just to yeah. all of our Rebel fans out there, right? Rebel uh, usage this weekend across like three trials is way down, right? Like people dropped Rebels for Republic so fast after the round of nerfs. You didn't, and you went five and one. And the list you're describing here sounds pretty damn good, man. Yeah, I think I think it has some legs. It's not like S tiered overpowered, but I think it's it it has some legs, and I think it's worth trying out. So if you flew beat before and you still want to fly it, I think there are still some options. And I'm definitely gonna bring Rebels to Nova because if Rebel participation continues at this current rate, I think I have a you know there's a pretty decent chance of getting those faction specific prizes. Yeah, I agree with that. One one of the things I do want to ask uh, with that topic is that so you. He brought rebels. There was one of three uh, rebels that made a cut. Like, should we be looking at these other factions that are not seeing a lot of play? Like, I mean, like left and right, I saw Imperials and Republic. And granted, that made up a good um, matter of like the cut and everything. But like, I mean, there was a scum list in the cut as well. Um, there were no separatists, at least in our cut. But I mean, like, people are dropping all these other factions for something for all for basically Republican Imperials. But like they, these factions are still things to be looking at. Like I overheard someone like say like, Oh, well scum's in such a bad place and you know, they need good ships for, you know, them to be good, like in hyperspace. And it's kind of like, well, you see Bo Baguri right there. Like granted, I mean, it's Bo Baguri and it's initiative five and Mark's a great player, but at the same time, like, there's options still there that like people just need to uncover. Would you agree? Um, I'll, I, I'll let the other guys answer, but I, I don't know. My, my first impression is that scum might still just be hard to list build with compared to like, like the, the, if you're preparing for a tournament, right. Um, and you have a whole bunch of options in front of you in a chaotic meta and you look at what's in your scum list builder versus some of the other factions, even if you don't have like a severe faction preference, it maybe just doesn't pass the like. I feel comfortable with this test, you know. Right, like, and, and I'm, not, I'm it. not necessarily just saying scum in general. Like, I mean, like to the yeah. point of like Jonathan. Like, there's options there that you can take and still perform well. No question, and I think hyperspace. Um, it, it, it's really early, right? Like, we had three trials this weekend. Just to rattle some stats off, because we can transition into that, and we'll get back to some other stuff related to top deck. But there were three trials this weekend, and I think only like uh, you know just the, the the least amount was rebels really that we saw um 
and then you know you work your way up and like the first place is republic empire and then there was a whole bunch of first order actually so you know the point the point adjustment has really shuffled things like there's no question that the point adjustment really shook up the meta and like the point adjustments were significant at the top lists um but i wonder like do you guys feel like we're seeing an overreaction towards republic because that's kind of like andrew that's what you're alluding to right is that like are people overreacting versus one faction versus another yeah like i said i mean like i guess that is my point that like i think don't get me wrong i'm sure republic is so much fun to fly but i think to just kind of brush off some of these other factions is like nonsense that um like to that point that you said about like jonathan's list that like rebels are still here and they still are going to perform and like there's so many opportunities and lists out there that need to be discovered and you know will perform well like i mean there's a couple of scum lists that i'm eyeing up that you know i didn't get to the enough chance to practice with but like i 100 percent fully think that like these lists will perform well in these hyperspace trials so let's get into some of the details then right um Republic won two trials this weekend, right? If you look at the full field across all three, I pulled these numbers earlier today, but something like 54% of ships in the top 16 this weekend had at least one force user. So I, I don't like I don't know if that's meaningful at all, but uh, it feels like a large number. And that's just anecdotal from like one weekend, three tournaments, right? So you could probably expand this and look at like the meta from some specific wave. I'll do that at some point. But like this, this specific scum example, right? I there are ways to get ships that sort of approximate that functionality. It's pretty much what like Boba and Guri at range one, and you know some of the you know basically Fen Rao with Fearless or something like that. So like it doesn't pass that dice modification check potentially. Or there's a limited set of hyperspace viable lists that pass that check for scum. Um, another faction that was sort of like underrepresented this weekend was resistance. We only had one in cut that I'm aware. Uh, that was Ryan over at OCX who made cut with the resistance list. Um, so you know that's another one where it, it it feels like I don't know if it's there's so much changed in that faction that it's almost like too chaotic for people to figure it out right away, right? Um, I mean, maybe that's a big part of it, but resistance doesn't really, besides Ray, have a force user that you look at very seriously, right? No, not at all. Um, that that is a good point too, and I know we had this conversation like mid tournament about like force users, so that could be something to take it into consideration. And yeah, definitely. and like low cost force users is what I'm saying. Like, sure. Like, and I consider Kyla. Like, I just did really well at a tournament, and a huge part of that is because I brought Kylo with me. Like, like you know, spoiler, but the secret to Kylo quick draw Tabson isn't Tabson. It's Kylo. Like, he's so good because of those force charges, and he, he bails you out of... as He bails you out of as many dumb things as Tabson bails you out of, like, one dumb joust. You know what I mean? And, and, and Kylo can accomplish stuff that, you know, you look at... I don't know. You, like, you look at a lot of small base resistance ships, and even they don't kind of have that flexibility as an endgame ship, you know? For sure. Definitely. 
do we want to get into uh, just like a, a recap of a couple of the trials? I know like a bunch of other podcasts are going to do this, but it might be just interesting for people to hear. Yeah, I mean, do we want to? All right, so first, do we want to fit it, wrap up anything about top deck, or do we want to touch base back? I uh, I mean, or we should we mention that there were two uh, tie swarms, at least two. I think three total that were there. Yeah, no, there was. So. There, there was. Who who had the over? Was it Zach? Uh, Zach and I did. It was us, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, although, I you know, I Will took the tie swarm, and I think he he didn't take the double I five variant, and he still ended up four two. I want to call out that he took it because I yelled at him on Thursday and told him to take it. And he never really ran it before, and he was doing really well. And it was good. I asked him like if he found it difficult or not, and he said like after the first engagement when he had to set all the bo- the blocks, but before that it wasn't so bad, which I thought was kind of an interesting perspective. Because, you know, we like, again, we've talked so much about the TIE Swarm, but, you know, for someone to say that the hardest part was having to set blocks in the mid game, that's, that's a little bit of a different take. I got to play two TIE Swarms this week, and it was really fun. One of which was Will, who flew very well. Nice. Yeah. Sadly, um, it I is actually a good matchup. I wanted to fly up against, like, any Swarm at all this weekend just to see how the Fangs would do against it, and I just could not get paired against one, like, I was hoping like a vulture swarm so I could try to swoop in at range one and then dodge a bunch of stuff, but it never happened. Can I, we like, talk a little a little bit about separatists? Because I I did see I was happy to with my list. I saw two separatist lists. Yeah, no, I, I feel like there was a good amount of separatists at the top deck uh, reg- or hyperspace trial. Yeah, more than I expected to see. I mean, I, like it still seems like if scum feels bad, like opening up the separatist list builder feels even worse. I feel like the problem with Separatists, like, right now is, like, you have to bring, like, it's like a five-ship. You start there. Like, it has to be five ships at least. Yeah. There's not many options. So let's jump into, uh, like, we can do this faction by faction, actually, because it might be the interesting way to do it. So, like, Scum only had one in the cut. That was at top deck, and that was Boba Guri, which made top four. That was Mark. Um, Mark did pretty well at uh, Red Caps with Fen Guri and a Fang Fighter, a Skull. So um, he's pretty. He's a pretty good Curry player, apparently. Um, so shout out to him. But I, you know, I, I think that was the only across the three trials, the only list that that from Scum that made it into a cut. Um, if you move to Separatists, one made cut, um, and it, it was a Maul Hyena double Vulture list with three copies of Discord and like Electronic Baffle mixed in on Maul there um, out in Arizona. So that one's. That seems just entirely random to me. Like the fact that that's just four ship separatists with three Discord missiles. Um, that's kind of cool, right? And I, it had an advanced proton torp in there as well. So that's either like if you had mentioned that list to me as making cut at any trial, I would have told you you're crazy. Like it doesn't add up at all. I thought it was interesting how many Discord missiles there were compared to before the points change. Like I, I had seen one list with Discord missiles at all before the points change, and then I ran in one, ran into one this time. It seems like there's a bunch on these other uh, trials, so I think that's kind of a neat change. Yeah, I ran into one too. Um, it it mattered, right? It was kind of interesting. It was like with the ships that could, I had two ships that could barrel roll, so it didn't matter for them, um, all that much. But it certainly mattered a little bit for Tapson. They didn't really care. Um, but you know, maybe Discord Missiles is an example of a card. Like you know, we've got delayed fuses this wave. Um, 
I feel like there's some cards that get released that are like on they're on a literal delay until like the next point adjustment before anyone tries them. And Discord was probably one of those. Yeah, that that's been something on my radar for a while that like I it always was there and then it was just kind of just like everyone kind of was just like this is bad, right? Like we shouldn't try this and then I mean maybe it isn't as bad as people think, you know? I if you ask me right now like to pick whether it's good or bad, I'd say it's still bad. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. I, you but, know, but people are at least trying it, right? Right. And, and like one, that is one, another one of the big things is like a lot of times like these people aren't practiced or people aren't like, you know, used to seeing these other things. So you might have like an advantage by doing something like that. Like it, it is yeah, something absolutely. to consider. Yeah. And like I, I had to ask for I've played against Discord missiles before, but I had to get clarification on how the thing worked like before the game because there are a lot of mechanics to it a lot it's like reading a book um and the fact that it deploys on a three bank and the timing of when it drops like it's all stuff that you really have a hard time visualizing before it starts happening um so yeah separatist though i mean that's the only one in the cut i i saw like a couple hyenas hyenas actually like see playing against a hyena in a trial finally um you know they took a little while to kill but they still died <laughs> so they you know obviously my fo list is kind of kryptonite to most separatist lists with tapson but and kylo in particular i uh, but you know the hyena actually having that extra hole i you know we were kind of speculating that it would matter and i think it kind of does yeah so uh, we were talking back a while ago where like the torrents are like it's those five points that is like that makes it matter like it's just one more point that you need to kill for it yeah. to be like good. So like I mean like I see the hyenas as being that in that same range as opposed to like the vulture droids. It was the kind of thing where like it messed with what I was going to shoot at because I was looking at it and I was like I need to deal with these hyenas because they've got better ordnance, they are doing more damage, they're they're giving out, you know, like they're still giving out the calculate tokens. But you look at it and it's like yeah, but if I start shooting at that and it doesn't die right away, I'm in trouble. <laughs> so, I, you know, inevitably went at the vultures. Have yeah. we started seeing like any struts show up yet? I mean, like I feel like that was yeah. something that uh, my yeah my opponent, one of my opponents, had struts. And what was kind of neat about it is he kind of like created. You know, we've talked about pivot rocks that like engagements occur around, where like you you know you try to force your opponent to turn around it, or like you use like a central point on the board as like kind of a pivot. So you can also do this with like a big angry ship in your list, like everything pivots around it. What he did was he just took like two hyenas and he put them on a rock in the middle of the board. And then the engagement just kind of naturally just swung around it for a couple turns. And it, that was interesting because it was like, I hadn't seen that. Where like he didn't park his whole list on rocks. It was just like, here's a hyena with some ordinance and it's not going to move. And like, it's just going to actually continue to shoot, you know? Um, I found that I found that it was actually functional. It wasn't just a gimmick; like it was doing something to the board state. It's, but it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't like eight with with struts yet. Right. Yeah, I feel like that might be the way to go because I mean, like, because you only can park two on a rock, no matter what, right? Yeah, like everyone had been talking about the building the vulture fortress, but it, you just kind of mix it in, and I think it has value. You know, on maybe two hyenas, like that kind of thing. It doesn't have to be your whole list is built on that concept. Right. It's only one point now. I mean, if you're playing tower defense in X-wing, I don't think you're playing the right game. So, <laughs> I mean, it's it's funny, right? I mean, like 
separatists are a meme to begin with so do what you want like like meme it up but um to make an actually competitive list I, maybe there's there's something else to look at from those that card sure um is um, there anything else separatist wise that we should take a look at i nothing of note i mean just maul made cut again so apparently um maul with hate is still good question mark <laughs> um so we'll leave it at that and then you know there were there were a decent amount of other separatist lists, but nothing worth worth remarking on at this point. What faction want to talk about next? Because I it might be like just nice to go through each of the factions through the three tournaments. Yeah, sure. I mean, Brett, why don't you? What faction do you want to talk about? Well, well, I'm all about Republic right now. Um, oh. <laughs> so we want to do the big one. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's so, do the big one. All right, so I'm eight, out. you guys have fun. eight and cut, eight and cut, and two winners. Just start there. Out of yeah, I mean, thirty-seven. Jedi, right? I mean, there, there's not really much more to say about that. They're they're super fun. They double reposition. They don't get stressed, and they have mods always. Um, it's just it's kind of a great list for a, a big tournament like this of you know six rounds because you're gonna make some mistakes, and those force charges can really help bail you out when you do make that mistake. Yeah. So can we rattle off some lists here just from the top eight? So like. From ours, it, you were obviously top four with Triple Jedi, right? Uh, Zach went undefeated in Swiss with, Swiss with Triple Jedi, and then we had uh, we had Sinker Wolf Arc Arc in our in our cut as well, right? A little bit yes. of Republic beef, and Sam's uh, list won the whole thing. Well. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was that. Was yeah, there that any other Republican record. cut? That was it, right? In ours, that was it, yes. I just want to point out that I won on MOV for everyone this weekend. Across <laughs> all three trials. Zach's MOV was disgusting. <laughs> what was your MOV, Zach? You were 6-0, and which is cool. First of all, congrats on that. That's not easy. Thank you, thank you. But so what was your MOV? 1907. Like an actual year? That's funny. Yes. I was in the 20th century. <laughs> Nice man. So, how much? I, why don't we just jump to, to your list for a moment? Like, how, how much was your? So, your list was two CLTs, right? And R two A six Anakin. Yes. So, it how, was. so draw a parallel for me. Like, how close to playing Anakin and Obi Wan is this list? Like, is it like you're running that, and then Plo just shows up and like helps out? <laughs> like, what if what is this? It's very different, actually. In okay. practice. Like, yeah, it's very different. The CLTs need to be taken seriously. I think people are down on CLT. I'm a total CLT convert at this point. CLT does work, as long as you know how to do it right. Don't fly it like a 7B. It's not a 7B. But... So what does that mean, though? Like, like how, does, how do you... Like, obviously, it worked, right? So did you have games where you weren't chasing the CLT, and it, it was fine, and that was part of your, like, strategy? I mean, yeah, I think part of the strategy is you never chase the CLT shot. Like the bullseye shot. Like if you get it, it's nice, but it's never your like primary objective. Your primary objective with them is don't get shot or only get bad shot. So wait a minute, you can chase not taking damage. That's a thing you can do in X Wing. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Cool. But that like that's got to be their number one thing. Everything else is butter. Yeah. Um. But so it was obviously still doing damage though, right? So like, how many of your games went to time? None. No way. Yeah. Really? Zero. That's impressive. How, how do you end up with 1907 MOV, Chris? I Yeah, I know. I just, wow. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you were to look at that list on paper, right? Like, what, you're, what I'm imagining is, like, you're kind of chipping away and flying away, right? I told you this. I don't fly away. 
Not for long. Well, disengaging, though. You know what I mean? I disengage, but I come back and kill you. I want you to. <laughs> <laughs> and his Anakin just cheats. He's always in the perfect spot to just yeah. destroy you. Yeah. And yeah. Anakin cheats. So Anakin's got cheat. I, I think we're going to have to take a deep dive on this list at some point because, you know, there's just a lot of lessons in there, I think. Because, uh, you, you know, like you, you weren't throwing three or four dice um, all the time, but still managed to manage to get that much M- steal that much MOV from your opponents. It's awesome. So actually, the trick of it is you want to be throwing three or four on at least one ship every turn. Okay. So two dice attacks, did they do damage? Like, that's ridiculous. Haven't you heard that two dice is bad? Two dice is bad until you get it at range one out of arc, and then it's suddenly very good. Oh. Also, two dice or three dice is very good on a ship that can regenerate a focus token after it shoots. Yeah. Yes, yeah, exactly. That's pretty silly. Were you just focusing with the, the CLTs all the time? Pretty much. Yeah, and that's one of the big differences with the 7B, right? I'm target locking almost as soon as I can and just reacquiring every ch- chance I get. And I think you took one target lock just because we were both not shooting each other in our game. Yeah, the CLT um, so tend the to be action priority is Yeah, it's very different, which is important to, to yeah. remember. Yeah, the CLTs are generally either in order, focus, evade, target lock. Actually, reposition, focus, evade, target lock. That, it's, that purple evade is so good. It is so good, especially on a CLT with three agility dice and two force behind it if you're Obi-Wan. Like, Obi-Wan or any of the three force Jedi in a CLT is no joke. Like, they're just impossible to kill. Yeah, I can attest to that. Um, so, so Brett, why don't you talk a little bit about your list? Because you, you took a very different type of Republic list. Yeah, I just wanted to hit as hard as possible. So I have three 7Bs, two 5s, and... Uh, and mace because i like the three force that just keep coming back all the time um and i'm just basically trying to to fly up and punch you in the face with you know three target lock shots with a bunch of force behind them and i mean i'm i'm often doing at least you know eight or nine hits on that that first round of engagement um which is just you know pretty debilitating and then you're after that kind of relying on Obi or, or Mace to take over. Like I, I assume most people took Plo out of the game once they they saw the which ship had fewer force charges. I know when we played, like I kept on looking at the force charge count and being like, "Hmm, Plo has fewer. Maybe I'll shoot Plo." Actually, Plo was mostly ignored. It was all Obi. Sense, um, right? I'm running right at 200, so I'm seeing a lot of fives, a lot of sixes, and. Obviously, I'm moving first, and sense just gives a huge advantage. I mean, I was talking to you at the end of, I think, like round five or, or round six, and I said, I think I used sense like twice just because it was free. Um, in the cut, I used it almost every turn to win my first game. Um, and maybe round six, I used it a bunch of times also. Like, it it was a complete game changer for me once I was put against the right ships. Uh, when it worked, it won you games, kind of. Is, exactly. is the thing, right? Like when you didn't need it, you didn't need it. That's fine. But when you needed it, it was there to, to help. Exactly. Like it was worth far more than an extra five point bid uh, would have been ever. So everyone went for Obi, it seems. Um, Zach, I, I feel like you just wanted Obi dead so badly just to get rid of that sense that was 
He didn't have that the high ground. Much. He needed to die. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, well, so Zach, <laughs> your 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 ships were like Anakin on like one peg or no peg, and then like Correct. in order up to Obi. Correct. Obi was on four pegs. It's like the most common thing. It's the best. Um, so one more thing about my list just was heightened perception on Mace. Um, right. I mean, the one weakness with Mace is the the I four. Um, I didn't use it a ton. Um, I, I didn't use it in my first cut game and it almost actually cost me the game. Um, it's really worth looking into just to, you know, maybe initiative kill that soon tier, or I was using it a lot um, when I was playing the swarms to try and take out Howl before the, you know, the I fives would engage. Cause there's going to be three I fives a lot of times in these swarms and she'll stick around until the I five engages over. Yeah. I know like it's, de- it, it's it's really useful on a three force Jedi because that extra force lets you spend the force on your talent, which is really cool. Um, which is why it's so and valuable it, on Mace, right? Right, especially yeah, because then he just five Ks and he, it, it, they're all back again. Right, and like like a lot of people, you hear them kind of complain about force talents and like how you can't really use them because you're giving up the mods that you want, and that's sometimes true for the bad ones. But like, since you have the charges you need when when you need that, right? And it, you'll be range one eventually, that kind of stuff too. Exactly. Um, um, and Plo's but, just because he's I-5. Yeah. yeah. So so like Plo's an interesting case because Plo's like ridiculously cheap now. And it, I, Plo's a threat, man. Like I've run him a couple times and it's not like dead points that you brought. Just because he doesn't have that third charge doesn't mean he's not a, like a fully capable double repositioning I-5 that's doing a bunch of damage, right? Yeah. And his, I mean, his ability is mostly useless. I did use it uh, one time, and it, it won me the game to be able to pass off and evade. Um, but the I-5 is great. Two Force is still really solid. Um, I was really torn between Luminara and Plo. I kept going back and forth um, and eventually decided the I-5 was too important. One thing I really like about Always Costed, though, just since you mentioned it, he is the exact same cost as Mace with 7B. And I just love that that FFG gave us you know that decision of, do I care more about initiative and two force or, you know, the three force and, you know, being only an I four, I think that just really makes list building kind of fun. So I'm going to disagree with you just a little bit, Brett. I think Plo's ability is super clutch. Did you use it? I used it like a handful of times throughout the day. And it was always like wildly useful. Like, so give, give big, us an example. Yeah. The two big places where it was super useful. Uh, my first game, uh, which was against a Suntir Vader Duchess list. And there was a turn where Anakin K turned around. There wasn't anyone at range one, no one in his bullseye. He only had like one force left at that point because I'd just come through an engagement where I killed Duchess. K turned around, had a solid range two shot on a tokenless Vader who bumped. Plo passed him over the focus and he lit up Vader. So it. I mean, like, it's not really working like coordinate, but it's giving you that kind of flexibility when you need it sort of deal. Exactly. And then the other place where it came up was there was a, I can't remember, one of my many rounds on Saturday in this heaty swamp that I can't remember. There was a turn where Obi-Wan was going to take a range one and a range two shot. So four dice and three dice. And he took the evade action. Plo wasn't getting shot. Passed him over the focus. And he just tanked those two shots, taking one shield. Okay. That makes a lot of sense, actually. 
Because with the regening focus from OB plus the evade, like all of a sudden he had two tokens and a regenerating focus and was just like, I'm going to hit you really hard on my shot and then still be able to play defense. Right. And then manage your force charges afterwards if you had to. And Um, then bug out. So, so in a way, it is a little bit of like a force management tool. So that's kind of cool. Although you're kind of giving it up a little. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I just feel like. I agree with Brett that like plausibility definitely doesn't come up every game, but it's much like sense. When it comes up, it's clutch. Yeah. And then even if you don't use it, you still got an I5 yeah. chip, like we talked about. So um let's the talk orange about the token bit of his ability is utterly useless. So yes. what does that what does that do? Give me You can just pull off the, the orange token instead of giving a green token again for a force. I mean, couldn't that be super relevant soon though with tractor and antex? Oh yeah, then then it could be super relevant. Okay. Then it might be good. And might be and useful in uh, extended. It's fine. Okay, but what's the timing on that though? Like so, like if if start uh, of engagement phase. Start of engagement. Okay, so if Ketsu rolls up and tractors the hell out of your Jedi, Plo can be like on a flank kind of ish and save them. Maybe. How does that work? Maybe. Not really. That seems tough. And remember that Plo gets to actually decide how he's going to move when he gets the tractor. So you also kind of get a PS Infinity reposition. Oh, it is interesting. Wait, that's weird. So you could trade a tractor to give yourself a reposition to get out of arc and shoot at something? Potentially, yeah. We got to check that. I feel like we have rules wrong. That sounds cool. <laughs> well, you're the one who's giving yourself the tractor token. So okay. you get to choose your tractor maneuver. Neat. Um, so one more thing on Republic, I guess. I Down in Arizona, or out in Arizona... Obi-Wan, Padme, Lumi, and Wolf was in top eight. And then we saw some more, um, you know, Republic beef. Uh, I do want to take a moment to talk about Sam's list. He, he was running Obi, Ali, Arkark, which we thought would be good, and it turns out it is. So it won ours, and it placed in top eight in Ohio. Um, so, I, you know, I'd expect to see that list absolutely everywhere. It is... You know, it has very, very clear win conditions. Um, I wouldn't. I, it, it it still takes some good decision making to be used properly, because you cannot get you know Obi into situations that he can't regen himself out of. Um, so there's like kind of a specific set of things you don't want to do with Obi in that list. Uh, but it, it's good enough that I feel like you know of everything that happened this weekend, besides the fact that Tapson's still good. Like my main takeaway is that. That OB and th- and three things archetype is um, probably going to be super popular for hyperspace. Rick was all over the place too. Um, yeah, you know, with, with some good and and bad results. Um, but uh, you know, it's not a surprise, I guess, to see people playing with the new toys. Um, I haven't been able to make him work to the point where I think he should replace a Jedi. Um, but you know, Sam obviously is is really good at what he does. Yeah, he was making aware. What I noticed with Sam is he, he was using the target lock action quite a lot on Rick. Um, and I haven't given this too much thought, but you know, across the two games, the game I played against him and the game I watched that he played against Mark, um, I think it's a function of the fact that like people are afraid to target Rick because it, they feel like they're going to waste time on shots. Um, at least that's how I felt in our game. So like, it gives Rick the chance to to set up those target locks, which might might be a pretty significant part of this right because you know if you when if and when you have to do the talon roll and you, you still want to dish a little bit of damage um but there, there's that whole art of just matching speeds which is kind of cool it feels like the better you match match speeds the more value you get out of the out of the ship and that's hard so sometimes was, was rick 
mostly doing you know the three or four or five speed maneuvers in your game yeah i mean so like with tabson he always had a target that was going to be going a little bit slower i tried i did a lot of three speeds actually in that game um not for that reason for other reasons but uh i you know i think it's really hard to describe because it's just sort of like like the way that the board state evolves naturally is sort of what rick it can do in that moment um so like there's times when you can just do consecutive you know fast maneuvers um but it, it's also as the opponent like not that hard to do a three speed in situations where you know that's probably the fastest they'll go and i also found that it made it a lot easier to block i think i blocked sam's rick twice in our game mm-hmm. just simply because i knew he needed to go fast or wanted to go fast so that that's that's something i think that you know the more people practice with rick ollie they'll probably get used to um avoiding being blocked and then opponents blocking him right because one thing i thought was there were 37 republic lists and 20 of them had rick in it i mean so he was yeah you know well, he's just all over the place i mean he only costs as much as a generic arc so he, he should right. be everywhere he's he's incredible um, um but with that being said he also was not placing too well um, well, what you, well so there were there were four ricks in top eight in ohio and then one won the our trial, right? So I think he's I think he's just straight meta. I'm willing to say that. So do we want to move on from Republic? What's the next faction here? Oh, why don't we just knock out Imperials then, since that's the other big one, and then we could probably breeze through the other ones since uh they might not be seeing much. Yeah. Um so I, I, I don't want to talk too much about like Vader, Soontir, Duchess, and Tomax, and uh, all that. Like we know that 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 actually did pretty well in uh, Arizona. So Arizona had three Vader, Soontir archetype lists in the in the top eight, and then Owen in uh, at Top Tech brought Vader, Soontir, Tomax. He had he had sense on Vader, which I thought was crazy, but it worked. So he must it must be correct. Um, but yeah, I you know th- those known archetypes and Tie Swarm did pretty well. Um. Hellswarm made uh, made top eight in Ohio. The one that is very interesting is Rack Oiken. So that went. I guess there were two undefeated lists, or maybe I have that wrong. Oh no! So so he, just listen to this. Is actually really funny. So Zach, you went six and zero, right, with your list that you described. The Indeed. the uh, the Ohio six and zero list was a brilliant evasion Kylo, Biohex Tabson, and a crack shot quick draw. And then the uh, the Arizona six and zero was Rack and Oiken with Death Troopers on Oiken. That's ridiculous. That's just silly. I call shenanigans. I don't even know what to. We were just trashing Oiken last episode. I I guess we have to eat our words on that one. That's hilarious. So I do want to shout out. Or so I played Lou Gentili in the seventh round, and one of the things that he he threw Seventh Sister on rack and uh, that was really interesting to see something like that because especially with fangs you kind of want to be range one and you kind of want to push for that focus so it was kind of like it made you double think of things because like i was like all right well i can double i can reposition and get into range one but if i push for that focus i'm just getting tractor beamed off the you know (laughs) either out of arc or something like that but it was a threat that, like, sometimes not being range one of these things, especially with death troopers, like, that could be a threat of some things. Like, if you look into all these lists, like, the crew that you can take now on these things is crazy. 
it's yeah, really kind of like changing the way the Imperial identity in hyperspace a little bit. Yeah, not to jump ahead to the future of what we'll be talking about on future episodes, but like, uh, it, I don't think this is relevant to Extended, but you can put Sloan and Troopers on rack now, right? Because of the extra crew. Um, there's a lot of options. It's pretty crazy. Is that, should we move on from Imperials? I think we covered a lot. I mean, like, I know I was doing a lot of testing with Owen and like just back and forth where I know he put sense on Vader, but like his, he refused to not have a beefy soon too. Like he, I know he wanted to give him some extra HP, but I mean, and that really is a PTSD from the last time, like where he lost his cut match to something that was like literally like a point lower to him. So I know his option was either go really low or go really high and just no sense on it. So, I mean, like, I know he said he did have some success with it and, like, try to block with what he could, but, um, yeah, I, th- I think that's one of your options is you got to, like, really kind of say is if you're going to go high, maybe sense is a good option. Possibly. I The problem with that is that Tomax wants a target lock and sense doesn't help you with that. So, you know, like, sense solves a lot of problems, but it doesn't solve the fact that Tomax needs a target lock to be worth his points. Um. You know, so you need to be bidding. Like he, he then has to solve for the bid elsewhere, um, and that's dropping afterburners on Vader, which then causes problem for Vader's ability to lock. So, yeah, I, I think I think that we're going to see the triple Imperial aces, um, you know, consistently, and and uh, you know, Owen's list is just a, a definitely an example of like how much flexibility that archetype has because. You, know, you don't have to take just the stock upgrades, and it apparently still works. So that's pretty cool. Um, is there anything else that we saw from Empire? I don't. I mean, there was a Rack Vader in Ohio that did well, um, which is, I think, you know, we had talked about what you would take. And I feel like that 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 feels like a almost extended list in hyperspace, but Vader isn't quite the ace or endgame ace that you want him to be. So it's good enough for hyper, but never something you'd consider for extended. Um, cause it's not a phantom sort of deal. I don't know if you guys have a hot take on that. I, I agree. I mean, like, so with the phantoms, I want to get into not really like too deep into it, extend it, but I mean, I, I do agree with you there that like phantoms just seem a little bit superior and there's other options that you can take and extend it that I don't know if Vader's really going to have that staple. Yeah, it's mostly just like Vader's excellent, but he's not—he's not a sustainable endgame ship in all cases, right? So in a two-ship list like that, you want like Anakin. Like if I, if I could take Rack Anakin, sign me up, right? Like that's amazing um, because Anakin is so much. Like it's it's kind of funny, but Anakin's a significantly better pilot than Vader. So maybe that makes sense because he doesn't have to wear a helmet. But <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. It really just has to do with the chassis. I mean, I wouldn't say it's the pilot, right? Yeah, no, for sure. But, it, you know, like, I guess the point is that, like, Rack Vader doing well in the hyperspace is um, something that I, I'm i not too surprised by, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, it's, it's uh, you know, Rack is a problem that you have to deal with. You know, like, people say that he takes damage quickly, but he doesn't take damage if you don't shoot at him. <laughs> you know, and while you're not shooting at him, he's got a lot of mods. Um, and he's 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 going to be causing problems for your list. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, so why don't we move on to what do we have? We, we haven't hit first order yet. Yeah, um, go, go ahead. Right you take this one, Mister. 
Uh, so a bunch of Tabsons were doing well. So I made a final table with my list, and then Chance did really well with uh, Kylo Recoil and Tabson, which is cool. So, um, I, you know, that's Recoil feels like you're just making that list a little bit more difficult. Um, so it's, a, it's, it's always a good sign that, like, you can kind of mess with the an archetype and it can still get five wins. That's that's awesome. And it says something about Chance, too, right? Like, he, he definitely must have been flying, flying that correctly to get where he got. Um, and then, you know, the other First Order list that stands out to me that I think is probably the coolest thing from the weekend by far, it won Arizona. It's Quick Draw, a generic Silencer, two generic SFs, and a generic FO. And that, that won the Arizona Open. So I, I don't know what that guy was thinking, but essentially I think he looked at the point adjustments and said, I will take four of the things that went down in cost and quick draw. And he made a list. <laughs> and, there, and then he won. So that's kind of cool. You guys have any take on that? I mean, it's like not that was not on anyone's radar, that kind of thing. No, I, I mean, like, so do you think that first order kind of like starts in that area i mean like because have, have we, we haven't really seen any of the tie fighters i know people were talking about scorch right off the bat but do we think scorch is going to i yeah i i've been so confused as to what to do with an epsilon squadron pilot i now have like eight of those alt arts because they were giving him out a top tech um so it's like just in case eight is fun but it, this is this is really unique because i i, I think i think you still start lit faction the, the factions list building with Tabson and Kylo, right? Like that's obvious. Um, but there's something to be said for a, a generic one silencer. And uh, I don't, you know, the Epsilon being in this list, I feel like is just the points fit at 200 with fanatical and FCS on quick draw. Um, like it must've just added up that way. He was counting. I, uh, he couldn't take anything else kind of situation. So like the real hallmark for me here is the fact that the silencer is kind of beefy and the two, SFs are sort of beefy, right? And they have reasonable time on target, I think, right? Um, so, you know, it's they, because they could still, without Gunner, can they still shoot backwards or no? Is that not, not possible? You'd have to have a, a missile, right? They can still shoot backwards. Can they still rotate? Yeah, they can, the SF Gunner? Mm-hmm. Well, the, so in this list, they don't have it. It's just right. naked. They right? The Gunner just lets them do the double tap and the, the extra die. Right. right, so so they so essentially they get the. I've only really ever run quick draw, right, and backdraft. Yeah, so, so I always so have. It's just it. always pointed. Yeah, it's always, you know, uh, just going to be two dice. Always two dice, but you you keep your time on target is basically the point, right? right. And that yeah. that's really significant. So they're not fundamentally that different from uh, you know, an arc, a forty-two point arc. Um, so you know, this is. In a weird way, it's kind of like a FO version of a OB arc 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 list, but it doesn't have. You kind of like take the mobility off of Obi Wan and you staple it to a generic silencer. <laughs> uh, you know that that's. I I, I want to try this list out. It just seems cool. I'm excited to see what the new movie and show actually has to bring for the First Order. Like, it, it, the First Order is like the one like faction that just seems so limited in list building at the moment so i'd be interested to see what does come out of that faction in the end like even like with the resistance getting all these fun stuff like nothing has come for that so it's going to be interesting to see if anything does more does i'm sure it does but i mean i don't well, know yeah. that tie dagger that everyone's seeing around uh, is going to pop up for first order so yeah i well 
so again, Ryan over at OCX was like the one person from the weekend who had success experimenting with resistance, right? Um, I think we can bank on resistance eventually working out. Like something, something has to come from that giant pile of cards. I know I keep saying that, but it has to happen, right? <laughs> like, there's just too many words. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I mean, we saw like a couple, like we saw Jade flying the the bomber, and I don't, I don't know the rest of her list. I just remember seeing the bomber, and I saw there was a a Venny Ray list coming up, and like they they definitely are threats. Like they are definitely like lists that could perform well in the right circumstances. The, yeah, the hard part with Venny is that it just has such specific counterplay. Um, I guess just transitioning very briefly back to First Order, though, um, as far as the variety comment, like, the fact, that's why I'm so excited about this list that won Arizona, right? And this really genuinely looks different. Um, but there's, like, a lot going on here. Like, you're flying four completely different chassis. Um, that's That's different than what other factions are doing, even, right? Yeah, I kind of have to play Rebels to get something like that, almost. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, it, I, so I, I get what you're saying, but I think at the same time, like, it's just, in a list-building perspective, the fact that you'll only have these limited amount of ships, like, it kind of yeah. hurts. I think I'm going to be, I'll probably start echoing that as I start preparing for extended tournaments, you know? Because um, it's, you know, when you open up the, the Empire list builder, Man, it's just there's so many options. Um, it doesn't it doesn't like narrow down back to Kylo Quickdraw Tabson the same way. <laughs> so I, I I understand what you're saying. Cool. I uh, what, what do you want? Anything else that we need to hit? I mean, are there any, we we hit pretty much everything, right? Yeah, we talked about scum. We talked about resistance. I mean, do we want to hit re uh, rebels? Anything else that popped up outside of top? Uh, I didn't. I, I haven't looked too closely at it. I don't think there was much. Um, I we can say it was underplayed though. I mean, John is John is evidence of that. I think it's worth reiterating that. I mean, I think I mean the other rebel list that made that cut in that made a cut. It was in Arizona. It was a wedge, Jake Braylon Cassian. So has like the Braylon Cassian backbone there, but uh, had Jake with some upgrades and wedge. And I know last week I talked about it. you could fit instead of that you could put uh, Jake and Luke. Which I think would be pretty decent. Yeah, that's but, um, solid. No, I think like evidence of like which factions may be under. If you look at like the cut percentages, I mean, I know we're looking at small sample sizes overall, um, but like the Rebel cut percentage and the Republic cut percentage and Empire and First Order are all about the same. Like twenty-ish, yeah, twenty-ish. You know, like above average, and then so that tells you that all three of all four of those factions are even though they have varying degrees of showing up, they're all performing when they're brought, they're performing about the same and uh, resistance scum and separatists for some reason are all sort of underperforming with much lower, like seven, 8% cut percentages. Yeah. It's, it's tough, right? Cause it's only like three, three tournaments, but it's like, yeah. this is reasonable for us to draw some conclusions off of at minimum. It gives us some insight as to what people are going to attempt to run. Um, but although, you know, of everyone on this, on this, on this right now, like, are we preparing for another trial is, or is it just moving on to Nova now? I think in this area, we are moving on to Nova. I mean, Nova I for, for me, for sure. Nova, yeah. Nova. Wait, Nova. Zach, are you going to Nova? I didn't, I didn't realize it. Of course I'm going to Nova. What are you thinking? 
Nice. Okay. So, uh, just as like a quick closeout conversation, though, like I mean, like let's go around the horn and like, what are you looking at as like extended, like preparing for Nova? Like, what are you looking at right now for it? I mean, Chris, are you still thinking about doing first order for Nova? Man, I want that Kylo card, but I, I'm, I'm very seriously. I was, I was talking to Will, um, on on Saturday, and I, I'm looking really closely at just running Vader, Suntir, and Psy. Um, that was something that worked, you know, back before the very first point adjustment. Um, and I, it, it just, you know, if, if I, if I switch out of first order, I'll probably look at empire. Um, there's other lists that I want to try out, but that's at the top of my, top of my pile. Uh, Jonathan, what do you, what about you? I know you've said you're flying rebels, but are you looking for something outside of beef? Uh, you know, I was thinking of, I was looking at the arcs actually. So I was listening to uh, the episode of OCX where Chris was on, and then they were talking about rebel arc. They talked uh, briefly about Garvin and in the rebel arc. So I was thinking about how the rebel arc might might fit in into a like a four ship rebel archetype, either Garvin or maybe Nora. Even though she's more expensive, I think Nora would be a great place to to hide to protect Princess Leia. You know. So I, I mean, thinking, yeah. look at what you're doing with the limited tools in hyperspace with beef. So if we give you the whole rebel list builder, I'm kind of afraid, John. Yeah. So I think so. I think something similar to what I'm doing now, but then if I could fit in an arc instead of maybe instead of Biggs or instead of that other U-wing, I think that would be a good tool to have. Will you look at Wookies? Uh, you know, I haven't looked at Wookiees at all since uh, starting, uh, but I, I'm not against Wookiees. I, could, I, could. What I immediately FFG regret that. that <laughs> what does FFG see about Wookiees that we don't? What, what, hmm. I don't know. I, are they expensive? It's a question for another cast. I think we should take it. Let's do a Wookiee episode. I'm like, I'm super in on that. Let's do a Wookiee episode. <laughs> so just as a Texan, Chewbacca. <laughs> Chewbacca and all factions. Yeah, let's. So we'll do Chewbacca and Wookies. Yeah, sounds good. I'm gonna regret so like, this later too. Scum Chewbacca crew, resistance Chewbacca as attacks. Yeah. Well, so Brett, this morning we were talking about uh, resistance Chewie and like three A wings, right? That sounds fun. It, it does sound fun, but it's it's certainly nothing I'd be considering for something like Nova. <laughs> no. So what are you looking at next? I, don't you don't have to spoil everything, but I, I it's hard for me right now to get away from Vader, Whisper, and you know, soon tier Duchess, something like that. I haven't been focusing at all. I haven't been, you know, putting it back on the table, but the thought of getting Whisper back makes me just so happy. I mean, they'll they'll still let you take Vader soon tier Whisper. You just can't take the bid, you know? I know. It's I like the bid too. Um I really don't actually have to give up too much on it. So, you know, right now, if if I had to play today, that would be what I'd go with, just out of comfort. Nice. And I'd be running my one ninety nine Vader soon tier Psy. I don't know what that game would look like. <laughs> Zach, what are you thinking for Extended? I know you said you're excited. Uh, I'm definitely excited. I have zero clue what I'm excited about. It's either in Scum, Rebel, or Republic. But I might be Republiced out for a hot minute. Maybe. Maybe. I'll see. <laughs> Six wins was enough, and that's it. He- I mean, on. to be fair, it's six month, six wins after like two months straight of just flying the Republic. Yeah, which so... actually we should comment on that for a moment, right? So, like, I, someone was asking earlier, like, how to get better or whatever, and I think you just answered like 
practice? Yeah. It's like a pretty good answer. It's a boring answer, but it's yeah, like that's right. a lot of what we do preparing for tournaments. You actually just play games. I know it's, it's a novel idea. But yeah, prepare for my humble brag here. It, it's uh, yeah, good. But as someone who's played professional sports before, like you get better by practice, routine practice, like any type of skill based game. The way you get better is do the same thing over and over and over again. In X-Wing, that doesn't mean fly the same list over and over and over again, necessarily. But if you have a list in mind, keep flying components of that list over and over and over again. Until it becomes just mindless repetition. You want the simple decisions to be decisions you always get right. You yeah. know? So then when you you can focus on the harder harder calls and games. And, and also, like, like you just... Stuff you were able to start reading situations so much easier of, I know what's going to happen in this situation because I've seen it a dozen times. Like I know what happens with the CLT when I park it in front of two arcs, you know, right. two, two, four, you know, three dice arcs, front arcs. I know what happens to a CLT when I park it in front of two, three dice arcs with a focus of aid. Like, yeah. What's uh, tough though, right? Is that, that like the types of lessons you learn during practice are so based on who you're playing against. Um, and that, that's where I think, you know, broadly speaking, like this is more for not even just for our locals, but for any potential listeners, right? Like moving forward in terms of how you practice and what you get from it is really dependent on, you know, a diversity of who you're playing against because our practice metas can be really narrow, right? Like you can end up in a practice meta where like all you're doing is fighting like triple aces and then you're going to see some vultures and that might cause you to panic, right? Like that's a problem. Yeah, I think... What I would say there is, I mean, I totally agree with you. You want to try and play a diverse amount of people, otherwise you just get too routine. But for me, practice games aren't so much about like the match itself, but you're looking for like situations that you can recognize, like that double arc thing. Like I said that because it's happened at least, you know, a hundred times in the last two months of flying CLT Jedi. You learn to read a situation, not so much an opponent. Yeah, makes sense. And, and then, then it, especially if you're not doing the math, and like very few yeah. people are doing the math on the fly, like building that feel is yeah. something we all need. Like even even the folks who are like statisticians for their work are not doing that, right? So it's you have to build that gut feel to know where the bad decisions are on the board. Yeah, and then you learn like yeah, once you learn how to read individual situations, that's all a game is. It's just a bunch of individual situations thrown together. Right. And all of that said, like in a bunch of my games, I made significantly bad decisions, maybe like once or twice, right? And then, like, you try to recover from that. So, with all the practice, you still also need to be prepared for how to recover from what feels like a game-ending mistake, because usually you can't. And that that practice also helps with that too, right? It's just that kind of recovery mode. Another thing that I want to like just touch base over with like the practicing is like a lot of these lists that you see that like will win is not like the first version of the list that you see on the board, like how many tweaks go into these lists and everything like that. Like it, it just bounces around so much. Like, I mean, Zach, was that the list that you brought? Was that like the first time you put that triple Jedi on the table? Like that wasn't the exact list. Was it the first time I put that specific list on the table was last weekend. And I flew three games with it then. And that was all I flew with it. Adam. But you had flown Anakin a lot before that. But I- flown a lot of Anakin, I've flown a lot of CLT Jedi. Yeah, like, 
I've again, like I practice with the components. You don't need to practice with the same list on repeat. Like that's a good way to burn yourself out of the game unless you really care that much. And most of us honestly do not. Uh, but you can like pull components out of it. Like you said, like if you want to fly Anakin and some things, always fly a bunch of Anakin. You know, Brett, you love Mace. Fly Mace and some stuff. I think that's like my big takeaway for practice is like learn your individual components, learn like individual situations within a game, and then not to sound conceited, have the intelligence to put all that together. And don't focus too much on winning and losing. Yeah. Right? I mean, it, it's practice. You're trying to figure out those situations. You know, sometimes it helps to put yourself in a really bad spot and try and figure out how to get yourself out of it, even if it means you lose that game. Yeah, and like those are great places to also learn like when to be super aggressive, when when to not. Like in a practice game, you're super if you try to go super aggressive and it doesn't work out, it's a practice game. And then you also know don't do that in a real match. Yeah. It, yeah, that's a that's a real thing for casual games. Like treat a casual game like as an opportunity to test things that you normally wouldn't do for sure. It's funny because like how many games do you and I play, Chris, that like we'll hit a certain point in the game where like we don't need to play this anymore. Like we know the outcome of this. Like yeah, uh, you if you want to test certain things, like especially if you're like strict on time, like test out what you want to test out and then go from there. Like you don't have to play every game, win or lose, uh, to find out what you're missing or anything like that. Like it, it's practice and testing is really like the key to that. So can I just give a quick counterpoint to that though? Because I hear a lot, you know, just work on trying to figure out the merge and. And, you know, getting that first engage or perfect. I I do think there is a lot to be said for practicing, you know, how to close out the game. I I have been in a lot of games where I've been down and I'm playing with someone who clearly just does not know how to how to close out a game because maybe they just don't practice it. They stop too early on. And that's a huge part of the game that you need to figure out. I think it's a good point. What's what's hard is like. You know that you you have to put the time in to get those moments. You know, in in practice, um, like it would be interesting to sit down and see if you could come up with like a scramble practice mode, right? Which is like, like you know how the Minax have been doing or whatever their name is now. They've been doing like those kind of situation um, analysis kind of posts. Yeah. It might be interesting to actually set up a board state and be like, like you have Kylo in one hole. Like, what do you do? But then just, like, play out the last 20 minutes or something, you know? Um, maybe that's the way to do that, just to kind of drill that. Because it's it's even even situations where you're winning big, right? And, um, you know, how to close that out efficiently. I, I, wonder, I wonder if shorter practice intervals towards the end of the game are achievable. That'd be fun to actually think about. Yeah, I've never tried that. I usually just try to, to play out the game to get that scenario, but that would be you know, very time efficient. And also just not only how to close out the game, but how to preserve MOV while you're closing out the game. Yeah, and or like specifically drilling how to run away. Like we didn't, we never really got to that in previous episodes, but, um, and I know I say run away a lot. What I, run away is a loaded term. Like it means disengage. It means run to time when you know you're running with money, right? Like those are all reasonable things towards the end of games that you can drill in. Hey, Zach. Again. I was going to say, or, I mean, sometimes you do just literally have to run away. Like, yeah. I, I had a game where Obi's down the one hole really early on, and he never shot again, and he never took a shot, because he just had to get away and preserve, you know, his half points. 
Um, that was my win condition at that point. Really, was just to not give him right. Money. At that point, he's he's uh, Roadrunner, right? And and he's he's just bait, and exactly. that's it. And you're trying to set traps using him. And and I mean, it's a legitimate strategy. I mean, you have to do it sometimes. It, it feels a little, you know, bad, but you know, it it feels worth to lose, I guess. Hey, FFG gives us regen, right? So you know, that means that this is a component of the game. And it's not, it's not the, you don't even need regen for it to be right. But it's just, it's just a mechanical component um, of like the, the game that they've given us. So yeah, I, it's interesting. I, 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 I think uh, at some point we'll, we'll sit down and maybe come up with a couple scenarios that could target specific moments of practice. That'd be a fun thing to, to do. I just have to call Zach out on this very moment. Zach claimed earlier in the podcast that none of his games went to time. But then I just looked up our score, and ours 100% went to the time. Oh, you're right. I you're decided right. to fly one zealous recruit into a gas cloud, and that thing was impossible to kill. <laughs> you are correct. You were my sole game that went to time. And that was 100%. I wanted that 22 MOV from that one zealous recruit that I was not giving up. You are correct. Yeah. I had one game that went to time. It was Andrew. Thanks, right, gas clouds. Um, so, I, and if you could have gotten twenty-two more MOV, you would have been tied with Sam Page for tenth. Sad oh. face. I guess I just need to grit good. All right. Don't we all? Um, all right. I think that is gonna do it for this week's episode. Do we have any uh, final things we want to do, say, or do before we close out? I I guess just I know we already did shoutouts, but I have to do this again. Shout out to Sam Page for winning. He did a really good job congrats on that and thank you to top deck for running a great tournament it was it was unbearably hot but still somehow fun so thank you yeah it was definitely miserable but a great time yeah <laughs> thank you lou and nick love you boys yeah definitely uh, uh, congratulations to everyone on liberty squadron like you guys made such a great showing that like uh like team building like this is a perfect example of like what team building is all about and like the team that liberty squadrons become like is an example of what we've become so congratulations to all you guys and like you should really pat yourselves on the back of this team that we've become so um all right i think that's going to do it for this week's episode uh if you're a fan of the show check us out on the patreon it is listed in our show notes other than that that should be it for this week's episode i don't think there's any tournaments coming up so we'll keep you posted though if anything does come up soon before nova but that is the big thing that we're looking at um, but I think that does it. Uh, so middle we'll, of August games keep. There's a tournament. All right. So we'll get the date for that. And probably before next episode, we'll shoot that out. But, yeah. um, I think that does it for this week's episode. So I want to thank everyone for listening and have a good night.